Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Listen to this now. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be what? Conformed to the image of his son, to look like Jesus, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. Okay, what, what, what's the result of all these things happening in our life, the good, the bad, the ugly? The result of all these things happening in our life is that we would look more like Jesus. You with me? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, I pray in the, in the next few moments that you would speak to each and every one of us. That, Lord, we'd walk out of this place today uh, understanding some of the things that are happening in our life are actually happening so that we could look more like your son, Jesus. That, 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 Lord, we would embrace the good, but we'd also embrace these difficult moments so that you could form that character in us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Something you don't know about your, your pastor and uh, uh, your pastor's beautiful wife, Katie, is that uh, we used to be models. It's a true story. True story. I know some of you are laughing, but it's very obvious that uh, we probably were at one point models. Um, now, this only lasted one evening, but we were models nonetheless, all right? And I'll never forget it. It was, a, it was kind of a highlight. I still look, I love looking, I'd love to find the pictures from that night. Um, my wife's like, I have them. I look at them every day, you know? Um, but uh, Pastor Melissa Miller actually used to do some modeling. And uh, when we were all living in Vegas together, um, we wanted to hang out for Valentine's Day. And, um, and so we're like, hey, what are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? And uh, Mel was like, actually, I got a modeling thing I'm doing. I'm like, oh, okay. And so you can't hang out? And they're like, well, what time does it get over? And it's like, like 2 a.m. or something, some crazy time. And I'm like, oh, man. I said, what's Brandon doing? And, and she's like, well, he's going with me. And I'm like, well, if Brandon can model, certainly I can model. <laughs> I mean, hello. So I was like, well, tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit more about it. And she said, well, there's this, this, this thing, and I think it was Dr. Pepper or something like that was sponsoring it, and um, was at this, uh, one of the hotels, and uh, it was so people could get married on Valentine's Day. And, uh, and so what people would literally come, and they would spin a wheel, and there was like six different venues, and they would spin a wheel, and they could get like, you know, the, I don't know what they were, but like the country wedding, or they could get like the Elvis wedding, or whatever. And what they needed is they needed people to be models that would sit in the wedding like, and pretend they were their friends. And so, uh, so I was like, that sounds very interesting. I just threw it out there. I said, well, Mel, do you think, do you think that, that they would let us do it? And she looks at me, she goes, well, if my husband can do it, you should, that's kidding. She didn't say that. Um, but uh, she was like, you know, I don't. <laughs> oh man, church is fun. Um, only when you have the mic though. Um, but, uh, and so she said, well, let me check. And so she asked, and the agency said, well, they have some headshots. And so we sent them some headshots. They said, yeah, bring them along. So, so I don't remember, it was like from like seven in the evening till two in the morning, um, we, we went to this hotel and we, we pretended we were people's friends. And uh, the, the awesome thing was I got to hang out with true friends. I got to eat tons of great free food and they paid me 175 bucks to be there. Come on, somebody. That was like supermodel status. I was getting paid for it, right? And so what we did is we literally would just go in and we'd just pretend we were people's friends. And we would sit in their wedding and then we'd go and eat food with them and then we'd go to the next wedding and we'd just sit and we could go to any venue we wanted. And uh, Paulie Shore was there and he was interviewing people. Uh, what was, Mario Lopez was there interviewing people. And I'm just like, I told you, supermodel status. And so, 
we did this thing and, uh, and we had fun, fun doing it. Uh, but here's what I noticed is when I first went in, I was a little bit stiff and rigid, right? Like, I'm just kind of like, okay, what do I do? You know, I don't even know this person, you know, and I'm supposed to pretend I'm their friend. But the longer the night went on, the easier it got. And, and we just kind of loosened up and had fun. And we were like, hey, you know, cheering for people. And, and like, I was like, I could get used to this, Valentine's, you know, and, and just cheering people on, getting married. And, and it just became easy. The longer we were in that event, the longer we were in that moment, my supermodel status just kept coming out. And we sat there. And honestly, like we were, like got to the point where, I'll be honest, at points I felt bad for these people. Like no one's here for their wedding except for their fake friends. And so I genuinely tried to become their friend in that moment. Like, I feel bad for you. Like, do you know what you're doing? Are you intoxicated? Do you know who this person really is, you know? <laughs> but the longer we were there, I noticed that, that, that it became easier to be in that environment, to be around it. And all of a sudden I could be a part of this and it became more natural, it became more natural. Still haven't got a call back yet, but <laughs> whatever. Um, so Pastor, why are you sharing that story? Well, it, it's really just an analogy because here's the, what I've learned. And here's what I see when I, I read Romans, all right? Listen to what it says again in Romans. It says that, that we know that all things work together for good of those who what? Love God. These are people that are in relationship with God. And the longer you are in that moment, in that relationship with God, the longer that you are in that environment, the longer that, that you are, are, are a Christian and you're walking this journey and, and you're coming to church and you're a part of a small group and you're reading scripture, the longer you're in that moment, the more you can begin to embrace the second part that all things work together for good. See, when I first walked into that environment, I was rigid. I was like, what am I supposed to do? But the longer I was in that environment, I just began to, to, to just, just kind of learn and feed and be like, okay, like, okay, this is actually fun. And, and I lighten up a little bit. Listen to me, the longer, why do we stress being involved in small groups? Why does the Bible talk about, hey, you should come together on Sunday morning? It doesn't necessarily mention Sunday morning. It says, don't forsake the gathering of the believers together. Why is it so important? Because God understands something. The more that you're in that environment, the more you're around his presence, the more that you, you get to know him, the more you're in that relationship, the more you can begin to understand the second part that God works all things together for good. He works everything in your life. Even the season that you're looking at right now that you wish you were out of. The season that you're walking through right now that is difficult for you, that is painful for you. This moment, guess what? God can use it for your good. And God wants to use it for your good. Amen? Amen, I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that you're gonna get to that place where when things come against you, you can just embrace it and say, God, what, what, what are you teaching me through this? Now listen to me. What I'm not saying is that God causes all those things in your life. That, you, you have to understand that. God, God doesn't cause all these things to happen in your life, the bad things. But we live in a fallen world. And so when they happen, though, because of God and the relationship you have with him, now you embrace that. You say, God, what am I going to get out of this? What's it going to look like on the other side? So with that, can I just share with you three things that God's used personally in my life? And I would encourage you, go to your small group this week because we're gonna take this a little further and talk about a couple more because there's a lot of different things that God uses, God, a lot of different tools God uses to build character. But here's, here's, one of the, here's some of the greatest that he's used in my life. And so I thought I'd share them with you today. And the first one is this, is God uses the Bible, the word of God. God uses the Bible. I know it's probably not a shocker to anybody. Ting, right? But God uses scripture. God uses the Bible to begin to form his character in our life. Listen to this verse. This verse in 2 Timothy 3, 
16 and 17. And it says all scripture, there's that word all again. He uses all circumstance. He also uses all scripture. It says all scripture is inspired by God. Okay, so it's his word. And is profitable for what? Teaching, for rebuking, for correcting. Oh, we don't like those two words, do we? Rebuking and correcting. Rebuking and correcting. For training in righteousness so that the man of God, and because we're an equal lending church, okay? The woman of God, okay? So it's not just man. The man or woman of God may what? May be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture, everything in that thing that you call the Bible, we call the Bible, that thing right there, everything from Genesis to the very first verse to the very last verse in Revelations, everything in there is profitable for us. What does it do, man? It, it, it encourages us, yeah, but guess what it does? It teaches us, it rebukes us, it corrects us, it trains us in what? Righteousness. What's righteousness? That's you and me being in right standing with God and others. It trains us in this, and here's why it trains us. Listen to why it trains us. So that we may be complete. Complete, equipped for every good work. God uses the word. That's why it's so important that, uh, that, we, get, that we open the, the word of God daily. We have this thing that we do here and a lot of other, my church friends do it, it's called soap. Anybody ever taken a shower before? Nobody, okay. Um, I showered this morning. Um, I use soap, right? Why? Because it, it, it makes you clean, right? Run out of soap, grab the shampoo, all right. So, one of the things that, that helps us grow and makes us clean as believers is getting our daily soap. What does that stand for? It's an acronym, it stands for this. It stands for scripture, that daily, you and I would open up the Bible and read scripture. That, that, that's the S. Now, I, I need to get scripture. Why, what am I gonna do next? I'm gonna, I'm gonna observe what it says. That's the O. So I read it. Oh, look at this. The word of God's good for rebuking me, correcting me. Why? So I can be complete for every good work. I, I wanna do good work. But I wanna be complete. For, and I don't wanna do every good work. What do I need? I need scripture. I observe what it says. The third thing is, A, it's application. How can I take what I just read and what I've observed it to say both then and, and to me now, how can I take that and apply it to my life? How can I apply it to my life? What, what, what areas am I struggling with right now? Maybe God wants to teach me something. Maybe he wants to train me something. You apply it to your life. And then lastly, you pray. That's the piece. So pray. What, what, what am I supposed to pray, pastor? Well, just talk to God, but maybe you can pray this. God, I pray that you'd help me apply this scripture to my life today. Help me be, help me be taught by your word today. God, if there's any areas in my life that you need to rebuke me and correct, God, I, I wanna be corrected today. And I definitely wanna be trained so I can walk in righteousness. And you begin to do that. I'm telling you, here's the thing, is you, you, you can't know what uh, you know, the character of Jesus is without scripture. I mean, if all you got is me telling you what it is on a Sunday morning, how do you know I'm telling you the truth? Someone's like, yeah, how do I know? I saw them open their Bible up real quick, they're like, you gotta, you gotta go to this. This right here, man, this is, this is essential. This is the platform, this is it. Man, you bring your Bible to church, but then also open it up Monday through Friday and learn what is it saying about the nature of Jesus so that I can know what to look like. As a matter of fact, Romans uh, chapter one, verses 16 and 17 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What's the gospel? That's the Bible. It's the good news about Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. 
For who? For all those who believe. Then it goes on to say, for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. For in it, in what? In the gospel. This is what it says now. For in it, in what? In the Bible, in the gospel, in it. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Who's the righteousness of God? We are. So the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, we're the righteousness of God. So when it talks about, you know, uh, that the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith, it's not revealing an idea. It's not revealing a, a, a game plan. When it says it reveals righteousness, it's revealing you and I. Somebody catching that this morning. In other words, when we read the Bible, we see Jesus, but also it's a reflection of what he wants us to look like. The Bible talks about beholding us in a mirror. When you look at the Bible, it's like looking in a mirror. It's like, well, that, that's me. That's what I'm supposed to look like. Amen. Good preaching, pastor. We need the Bible. We need the word of God. It's one of the greatest tools he uses to build character in our lives. The second one that God uses uh, in my life, he probably uses in yours too. This is not always a fun one to embrace, but it's other people. Is other people. One of the greatest things God did for you ever and one of the most cruel things God did for you ever was put you in a family. Right? It's a love-hate relationship, isn't it? Love-hate relationship, man. It's one of the greatest things ever because, man, because God's into family. That's why we're the church, you know, believers. We're called the family of God, right? We're the children of God. We make up a family. And that's awesome. But, you know, being in a family uh, has its challenging moments. No amens on that one. All right. Being married has its challenging moments. Amen. One place. Damn. Ushers, can we escort this lady out over here? Where are they at? Where are they? Right? God uses other people in our life to form character. Okay? Your boss... Your spouse, brothers, sisters, moms, dads, teachers, the person next door with the rooster that crows at four o'clock every morning. Why is there a rooster in my neighborhood? I do not know. I do not. If I, want, if I lived in Valley Center or Ramona or Hamul, I got it. I, I moved there for the rooster. Okay? But I don't. I don't appreciate your rooster. I'm speaking from a very painful moment in my life right now. I actually got up the other day at 3.30 in the morning to go find where that rooster was coming from. I'm dead serious. And if I had saw the rooster, the problem would have stopped right there. But I could not find it. I could hear it, but I couldn't find it. So I just thought, you know, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment with those neighbors? God uses people in your life to build character. Listen, listen to this verse. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Okay, now here, here's the key. If, you, if you've ever studied how something gets sharp, it has to come in contact with something else. And there's this little thing called friction that needs to take place. Huh? They just, they can't, it's not just being in the room together. No, it's, it's when that metal comes together with this metal or this stone that all of a sudden that knife becomes sharper, okay? The only way it becomes sharper is through friction, okay? Listen, some of you 
aren't, aren't, aren't in the season or the place or as sharp as you should be because you run from friction. Mm, pastor's starting to preach now, right? Because we, 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 we like a life of ease. And so when someone corrects us or someone challenges us or someone rebukes us or someone flat out ticks us off, right? What do we do? I don't need them in my life anymore. Right? That's what we're trained to do. Right? From the beginning of, you know, listen to me. One of the greatest things God uses in your life to sharpen you, to, to refine you, to build his character in you is relationship. It's relationship. We embrace the easy ones. But doesn't the Bible say that faithful are the wounds of a friend and deceitful are the kisses of an enemy? But isn't it true that we tend to embrace the kisses but run from the wounds? What, what, what if we embrace those? Listen, I, I wish I would have learned this lesson. Here's the thing. I wish I would have learned this lesson a lot sooner in life because then maybe God would stop putting these people in my life. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? If people are always ticking you off, maybe there's a reason. Yeah. Right? But it's not just that. God uses all people. The, the good relationships, the challenging relationships, God uses people to form his character in your life. And if we would just learn to embrace it, I guarantee you would get to the place that God wants you to be in a lot quicker. Uh, here's one thing I've come to notice is that oftentimes God will introduce a new relationship in your life that reflects the place he wants to take you to. He'll introduce, just read the Bible. All of a sudden a new character is introduced in the scripture. Oh, well, why is this person here? All of a sudden it reflects the place that God was taking him to. Either reflect the place he's taking, or God will use that person to help take you to that new place. But yet sometimes we resist those relationships. God uses other people. I mean, I got story after story. I've worked some, in some incredible places, um, but that doesn't mean they're without challenges. But looking back in all of my years of ministry, the place that, that I, I literally had the greatest conflict with a leader was also the place that formed me the greatest. It was the one that I felt like I was the beloved son. I learned a lot and I loved being valued and cherished and like, yes, I'm the beloved son. But looking back on all my years of ministry experience, I can say that it was the most challenging one that, that built the most character in my life. And really I can look back and say, I'm thankful for that moment. It's helped me embrace so much other people. Lastly, and we'll finish with this one. Good preaching, huh? Getting something out of this today? Anybody? A few of you? Okay. I'll come with it next week then. <laughs> Lastly, number three, uh, one thing that God's really used in my life to formulate character is circumstances. 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 I just kind of leave it at that because the minute I say circumstances, you're already thinking about something. All right? Circumstances. Remember, God uses all things in my life. That's good circumstances, that's challenging circumstances, that's bad circumstances, that's unfortunate circumstances. That's things that happened to me when I was little that I had no control over. Now once again, hear me, I'm not saying God brought all these circumstances on, but what I'm saying is, is that God will use them to help build his son Jesus' character in our life. Circumstances. Now this one's, this one's a difficult one for me personally. Because I, I have a tendency to, to want things to be right. 
can ask my wife. So it's one of my pet peeves. It's, no, let me, let me rephrase that. It's one of the gifts that God has given me. No, seriously. I really do believe it is. Um, it doesn't matter if it's in our home. Why is that pillow out of order? You know? It doesn't matter if it's in the church. Um, but there's just like, if, it's, if it's white, call it white. Stop calling it gray. If it's black, call it black. Stop calling, are you with me? Like I just, things have got to be, that's not right. And so I have this, I, I, God's used this because I have this thing to say, wait, that wasn't right. What happened there, that doesn't, is anybody else like that? Am I the only one? Be honest with me. Thank you, okay? Some of you, it, it rubs it, like other people the wrong way, but honestly, I think it's a gift. Under control, it's a gift, seriously. Um, and so when things happen in life, I, I look at it and say, but that's not right. And my nature and tendency is I wanna go and make it right. I wanna fix it. It's not supposed to be like that. Okay? But what I need to do is sometimes I just need to sit back and embrace the moment and say, God, what's happening right now? What are you teaching me? Because we learn through our circumstances. We learn, th- I, I mean, I, just in this journey alone, I mean, in the last 12 months alone, I've learned so much in the last 12 months and grown so much in the last 12 months because of circumstances and because of relationships with other people. Thank God that we have the word of God to go back to that helps bring perspective. I mean, my, my daughter, who I shared with you earlier today, um, she just last Monday night broke her arm and uh, she's, she, she loves playing basketball. I mean, she, she wants to be in the WNBA someday. That's like her goal. And uh, she loves it. And um, this is now her third time breaking her arm playing basketball. And uh, honestly, she's 11 years old, but man, her perspective is phenomenal. Like, if that was me, I mean, I would be like, what the world? Now, of course, she was upset, and of course, she's devastated, but every time I sit down and talk with her about it, she was just, these were her words, Dad, I just can't help but think that God's going to use this somehow, and that, that, that something good's going to come out of this. And I'm like, you've been talking to your mom? <laughs> no, why, Dad? I just, and I, t- I told her, we're driving down the road, I just looked at her, I said, baby, you're handling this way better than I ever would. I'd probably, my other one would be broken right now because I'd be mad hitting it like, ah, you know. I'm like, why? And then I'll be like, oh, no, you know. Like, Pastor shows up in a full body cast. <laughs> like, bad week, huh? You know. But she's taking it so well. And I'm learning so much just by watching the way she's dealing with this moment. It's, it's impressive to me. I'm telling you right now that if we would learn to embrace, listen to me, because I've learned this, it's not about what happens to us as much as it is about how we handle what happens to us, right? Because we don't have control over these outside circumstances. But you know things happen. How am I gonna handle that moment? If we handle that moment appropriately, listen, I'm telling you right now that God will form Jesus' character in our life like never before. I'm literally looking at my 11-year-old saying, that, that's amazing. I can see Jesus in my daughter right now by the way she's handling this circumstance. It's amazing. Now listen to me. God does, allows these things. God allows these things to happen in our life and he uses them. Now listen to me, this is very important. He uses them to sharpen us and refine us so that we can, we can, we can, we can take on his nature. But listen to me, these circumstances and these relationships that are in our life, they can never define us. 
You, you've got to understand that because there's too many people that are walking around being defined by a circumstance rather than being shaped by a circumstance. And so what happens is we begin to play the victim mentality. And we begin to say, well, I'm this way because this happened back in here in my life. And that is you being defined by that moment. I'm this way because of this relationship I had. And, and now I don't go to church because so-and-so, this, this, and that. You are being defined by that relationship. Those things are not there to define you. They are there to refine you and shape you into the image of God. And you've got to know that because if not, you play the victim's mentality and all of a sudden you've met these people before that everything, every job interview they go in for, every relationship, every church they go to, man, they are being defined by this one moment. The only thing that should define us is the word of God. That is the thing that should define us. So when they look at that, we can go back to the rock. We can go back to this and say, man, if I'm gonna be defined by anything, it's gonna be by this. Because if we're defined by anything else, we become codependent and we can't get through life without that moment. These things happen in our life to sharpen us, to refine us, to take us back to this so we can look more like Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.